There are many different types of cruises, and different reasons we enjoy cruising. But there's one thing that connects most of us. Pricing. We all have to pay up. With so many different promotions and types of fares, it can be confusing. And that's why we're talking about cruise fares and promotions on today's episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. On today's episode, I want to discuss the different types of promotions and fairs that we commonly see advertised um, or that we might find out about when we're talking to our travel agents. Uh, it's important, though, that we cover the basics first. And most of us are familiar, but but maybe you're looking into your first cruise. Maybe you haven't taken a cruise for a while. Um, so I want to make sure that we're we're all kind of we start off on a um, on a, an even plane of understanding here. So when you look at cruise pricing, there are some constants. Pretty much regardless of the cruise line, the type of cruise line, or where in the world you live, where that cruise is leaving from, um, the price that you see adver- advertised is usually per person double occupancy. That means if you see um, $1,000, just to keep it easy, uh, that's the price per person for the first two people. So if two people are in the room, it's going to be $2,000. If there's a third person in that room, it could be the same. It could be another $1,000. It could be less. It could be no different. Uh, That all depends. Um, If there's only going to be one person, then that that gets into single occupancy rates, and that's something that we should probably cover at some point uh, over on the Cruise Habit website or here on another podcast episode. But uh, generally, uh, per person, double occupancy. There are some exceptions. We'll talk about that. In addition to that, those numbers that you see, they uh, do not include, the advertised prices do not include taxes and fees. And there there are reasons for these things. Uh, Part of it is because cruise lines, like any other business, they want to be able to advertise the lowest possible price for for what somebody knows they're getting out of that price. Um, So they don't include for that reason. There are other reasons as well. Um, so in, that gets into what these tax and fees are for. Uh, some of them are government, government fees, um, and some of them are fees for the uh, charged by the port, the port of embarkation, the ports of call, etc. And they may have different rates depending on, um, you know, are we charging for, you know, a six-year-old, uh, you know, that's getting off the ship the same as we're charging for an adult or any number of factors. So that's another reason. It's just not as easy for them to disclose that total amount. Um, these amounts, you know, I'd love to tell you, give you a round number on percentage taxes and fees. Uh, you know, it, it really, it can vary so much depending on where in the world. But just know that if you're looking at a seven-night cruise for two people somewhere, we'll say, in the Caribbean, there's a good chance that you're going to be looking at an extra, uh, we'll say, 120 to $250 in tax and fees. But it really does vary. If you want to know more about the way that the port fees work and how that's calculated, some of us find this interesting. You might not, but we do have an article uh, called How Much Does It Cost to Dock a Cruise Ship over on CruiseHabit.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. So now that we've covered those basics, you know, with the taxes, the fees, and the uh, double occupancy rates, let's talk about 
how cruise lines talk about these numbers, how, how cruise lines talk uh, not just about the fares, but about the sales. Uh, I, a common complaint that I, that I hear and that I read, and, and frankly, I think it's from a consumer standpoint, it's a reasonable one, but I also understand why it happens, is people say, oh, these, these sales are fake, right? You know, I, I see all these different sales. Every cruise line website I go to, I see a different um, type of promotion listed, and it doesn't make sense because maybe I look at a price for a cruise today, and it's going to cost me and my family uh, $2,300 to cruise, and then the next day I see uh, 20% off, and it costs $2,200. Well, how did how did that, you know, the numbers don't add up. And really, I, I genuinely don't think they're trying to deceive anyone. It just, it's complicated. And partially, frankly, this is because of uh, habits and just a, kind of a, a legacy system of booking cruises and the way that these prices were advertised. Um, and that's because a lot of the time, the discounts that you see when you see, you know, 20% off uh, first and second guest, things like that, those are based on brochure rates. Well, Years ago, that made sense because whether you went to a travel agent or you, or you requested a brochure by mail, you were looking at one in your stateroom, um, you saw a, you looked at a brochure that had all the different cruises that line had available over the next couple of years, and it had prices for them for different categories. So if there was a sale and it was 20% off, you took 20% off of what you saw in the, in the brochure. That's just not common anymore. Uh, very few cruise lines comparatively even have brochures. Of course, they have marketing materials, but most things are done off the web, over the phone, things like that. So that's one reason that it can be a little bit confusing. The other factor is this. Just because you see a new sale today and the price for you is not lower, that doesn't mean that there's not actually a sale. And that doesn't mean that somebody else might not find a much better today deal today than they did yesterday. Uh, a kind of classic example for this is where uh, you see a sale that says 50% off third and fourth passengers. And you're going, great, that's a sale. But now it, the rate that I just looked at today is actually going to cost me more than the rate that I looked at yesterday because of this promotion. Well, maybe there was previously a 20% off sale for first and second guests in a room. Uh, and, and that was more beneficial to you, but this 50% off third and fourth passenger deal might, it could be a fantastic bargain for someone that is a family of four, uh, or maybe just a group of four friends all looking to cruise in the same stateroom. So, uh, there is, you know, I, I would, I would say that's uh, safe to say there is no sale that is universally great for everyone, uh, or universally the best for everyone. It depends. There's so many different ways to slice and dice these things. And it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that I say it's important to work with a really good travel agent because it can be confusing. While websites for cruise lines are better than ever in explaining these things, you see these different fares and they give them marketing names, but it's not always clear why uh, one fare is better than the other. And uh, having someone that really understands how these things work, a good travel agent who's, who's frankly independent of the cruise line, because there can be people at the cruise lines that can help explain this to you for sure, but they're obviously going to have a slant towards that cruise line, right? Uh, so having a good travel agent can really help. Uh, that's something we talk about a lot here on the Cruise Habit Podcast and over on the website. So um, if you're wondering why should I use a travel agent, and, and listen, you don't have to. A lot of people have great luck booking on their own, but if you want to read more about the, the benefits of that, I'm not recommending. It's not because I'm, I'm saying, oh, you have to use XYZ travel agent. You know, I have my favorite travel agent, but uh, it's all about finding the right uh, situation for you. Uh, so we'll put a link in the show notes there as well. Regardless of what sale or promotion you're looking at, 
The important thing is to look at the net price. And that's because there can be a lot of things included in these prices, a lot of different perks and incentives. Figure out the value of those perks and incentives, not just their objective value on paper, you know, how much that beverage package would cost you paid cash, but what's what's that worth to you, right? If you don't drink, then there's no value in that to you. Um, we'll get into some of those included things next. Um, so now let's look at some actual types of rates or, or different types of promotions. The first one, uh, first thing I want to talk about isn't actually a rate, but uh, it can be. And that's refundable versus non-refundable fares. This is something, the idea, the premise has been around for a while, but lately we're seeing more and more cruise lines do more with this. A couple years ago, more often than not, you looked at a cruise and if it was, let's say a year out, you put a deposit down that might be a fixed amount, might be a percentage, depends on the cruise line. And then you had until, you know, maybe three months before the sailing to pay for the rest. And if you changed your mind before that date, and, and I'm talking about for people booking within the United States, different policies and laws, uh, consumer protection laws for different countries. Um, if you decided, no, I'm good before that final payment date, you simply got your, your deposit back easy. Well, what cruise lines have started doing is they want to lock people in as every business does, right? So some lines have started offering for some or all sailings, depending on the line, these non-refundable um, deposits. The benefit that they offer you is you say, well, why, why would I choose a non-refundable deposit over a refundable one? They'll often offer you a better rate. So maybe uh, this cruise will cost you $1,500, but if you choose the non-refundable deposit rate, maybe it only costs you $1,300. So maybe you can save $200 if you acknowledge that the money you're giving them today, even if you decide not to go on this cruise, they're going to keep. This is uh, not usually, it can often be a, a great deal if you know you're going to go on this cruise. And in fact, even if you just know you're going to go on a cruise on that line in a certain period of time, because while the policies vary from cruise line to cruise line, quite frequently they will uh, allow you to, within a certain window, change what cruise you're going to be on. So if you hand over you know, a $500 deposit and then you go, oh no, I've made a mistake. I put this deposit down on a September 1 sailing and you know, family reunion is on September 3rd. I, I can't, I, I just can't. Um, frequently within a certain window of time or whatever the case may be, they'll say, okay, you can move that, uh, move this deposit to any sailing, you know, of the same or greater value as the first sailing, as long as it's within a year of that original sale date or, or something like that. So when you see these non-refundable deposits, uh, I would say look into it because it may not tie you in as much as you think, but of course, nothing is as flexible as just being able to cleanly get your money back and walk away. This is, by the way, different than non-refundable fares. Non-refundable fares are things that you usually uh, see with when a sailing is within final payment date. So in other words, um, a sailing that, you know, maybe it's a month or two out, or maybe even a week out, and you just decide, you know what, that's a good deal. I want to go on this cruise. Well, that's a non-refundable fare because you're long past final payment date. If you tell them you're going and you give them the money, you're just not getting that money back, save for anything with, you know, travel insurance. And that's a whole nother can of worms. So what we're talking about with those refundable versus non-refundable fares, that, that's just talking about our uh, deposits. That's just talking about the deposit amount. And frankly, uh, some people don't love that cruise lines are doing this. I think it's a good option to have, and I'm glad that more and more lines are doing it. One trick that I actually learned from, uh, uh, I think it was, I don't remember if this was Matt over Royal Caribbean blog or somebody on the site, but they pointed out that in some cases, you may have a refundable 
um, deposit rate. And then if you see a, a, a better promotion or maybe, you know, you did that a year out and it's five months from the sailing and you go, oh, look at this. I see a much better non-refundable deposit rate. And you, you're still confident you're going on that. You can often change that over. So uh, th there are different ways of kind of locking these things down. Regardless of whether you're shopping for a refundable deposit or non-refundable deposit cruise, you still need to look at what is included in the fare itself. To start out with uh, these, we'll talk about cruise-only rates. And there's a lot of different names, some of them that are industry terms, some that you will see, um, like uh, I think sail-away rates, for example, um, with, uh, with NCL. Uh, these are fares that only include the, the basics. And, and what the basics are can vary by the cruise line, of course. Common things that we're talking about here is, you know, boarding the ship, being on the cruise, the food in the main dining room and buffet, and, and maybe some other snack kind of venues. Uh, basic beverages in terms of, you know, water, iced tea, drip coffee. Entertainment, such as stage shows, musical performances. Of course, your stateroom, so all hotel services and transportation, going to and from the different ports of call. Uh, what's not usually included, again, I keep giving the caveat, depends on the cruise line, but usually alcoholic beverages, specialty coffees, specialty dining, internet, um, you know, onboard internet and Wi-Fi, gratuities or service charges, however, you, uh, whatever you want to call those. These, the, the, one of the reasons that cruise lines like to advertise these rates is because they make for good lead rates. And what I mean by that is they can lead with the lowest fare. Any business likes to advertise their lowest possible fare. So if you strip out everything else, then you can show, hey, you go on this cruise for only $3.99. Well, you will likely want to purchase some other things. Um, and even if you don't, you still need to take into account the taxes and, and other stuff that, uh, that we mentioned earlier. There are, uh, of course, exceptions to when cruise lines want to lead with the lowest rate. And I, you know what, maybe I shouldn't say that there are exceptions to that. Maybe it's just how they go about it. Cruise lines want to, uh, want to advertise the lowest rate they can for what someone knows they're getting. But it's important to note that what is included with those cruise-only fares can depend on the cruise line. As you go up market, generally speaking, you see more and more included, whether that's Wi-Fi or gratuities, or even, you know, as you go into luxury lines, some of these include all of your excursions, all of your drinks, everything is included, you know, unless you're buying a watch in the gift shop. Um, Virgin Voyages, for example, because we, we just talked about them on episode, I believe it was episode 14 of the Cruise Habit Podcast. We've got lots of Virgin Voyages coverage. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, they're a brand new line looking to go a bit up market into the, the premium uh, area, maybe even a little bit higher. And they uh, they include service charges. There are no service charges on Virgin Voyages and all of their fares include Wi-Fi. So that's one example, uh, but there are plenty of others. Even within cruise lines, it, let's say contemporary lines, Carnival, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, there are still uh, more inclusive rates. And this is something that we see with increasing uh, popularity. These are rates where a cruise line says, yeah, we want to lead with the lowest pricing that we can. However, uh, if people see everything that's included, if, if we make that apparent and it, somebody then compares our price to another one that doesn't include all these things. So more inclusive rates could include any number of things from drink packages, internet, onboard credit, specialty dining, gratuities, 
Shore excursion credits, uh, I'm sure there are other things here as well. Onboard credit, by the way, could be used really to pay for almost any of those things. Onboard credit is fantastic. If you're not familiar with onboard credit, basically it's it's money that you can spend on the ship. Think of it as getting a, a gift card for that cruise line for the purposes of that particular cruise you're on. Uh, we have uh, an entire article just about what onboard credit is, the different types of onboard credit, how you can get it. So yeah, more inclusive rates can include some combination of those things. And we're seeing more and more cruise lines offer these as an option. They could also, I should mention, include uh, occasionally things like air or pre and post cruise hotel stays. We see air included and hotel stays as well, but air we see included um, more in either European cruises or Alaskan cruises where they they know that someone is all the more likely to need to factor in air. Though you can always look at purchasing air through through a cruise line regardless of what what type of rate you choose. And, And there can be a lot of great reasons to do that, in fact. Very frequently, these more inclusive rates that we see are on uh, are as part of promotion. So like NCL has what they call free at sea, and everyone has some different name for these things. Free at sea is where you can pick some combination or maybe all of drinks, specialty dining, shore excursion credits, Wi-Fi, and a free third or fourth person in your stateroom. These can be great deals. Uh, NCL tends to do this on a lot of sailings. Um, Holland, uh, excuse me, uh, Celebrity is doing it on more and more, but with NCL, you don't really see it as much as part of a specific promotion. With a lot of other cruise lines, you see it more as part of specific promotions that might be around a holiday or that are um, on sailings that are just moving more slowly um, or that they just have space on that they they need to fill. And this is a good way to incentivize people to um, to book that sailing. But also it guarantees the cruise line some revenue, right? Uh, maybe they didn't know if you were going to book shore excursions through them. They didn't know if you were going to get a drink package through them. But if your fare includes all of that stuff, then you're paying for it up front. And in doing so, the benefit to you is that pretty universally, you get these things. If you were going to purchase these things anyway, you're going to pay the, the net cost that you're going to pay is a lot less to go with a fare that has these things built in already. Other cruise lines that uh, that have these, just throwing out a couple names that you can look for, um, Go Best uh, would also go better with fewer perks, but Go Best on Celebrity. That's where drink package, Wi-Fi, onboard credit, gratuities, Explore 4. Holland America's not doing that one right now, but they do it every so often. That's uh, drink packages, specialty dining credit, and I think maybe a lower deposit or something like that. O-Life Choice on Oceana. I love those rates because they, they end up including shore excursions, uh, beverage package, onboard credit. Um, it it kind of depends on on the exact sailing, but they can they can be really beneficial. All in is now what MSC calls uh, their variant of this. Though they actually MSC has a, a couple different versions. Wi-Fi and I, I'll call it basic drinks. They they have something they call drinks on us, and you say oh the drink package is included, and it can be a great deal. But just so you know, what they generally include is their most basic of drink package. So it's like draft beer and house wine. That can be a great value uh, if you were looking to do that anyway, but it's not a, a full beverage package where it's go up to the bar and order whatever you want. However, you can generally upgrade from there. There are other cruise lines with different names, and I'm sure that we'll see some of these same cruise lines. In fact, even Holland America was, uh, I saw the other day, they had, um, I don't know if it was, it wasn't set sail, that's NCL, but they had, they had another name for a similar concept. We're seeing more and more of this. Again, it, it is a situation where everyone can, can win if you're already planning on purchasing these other things, you know, drink package, 
uh, shore excursions, Wi-Fi, whatever the case may be. Look at what is included, how much, not only it costs, but, but what the value is to you and see if it actually makes sense. Because maybe while some of these might look really enticing, if you weren't going to get Wi-Fi, you weren't going to get a drink package, you weren't going to do all these things, maybe the best rate still is just the cruise only rate. Um, beverage package is one of the I don't want to say it's actually a pretty easy one to consider, but it's easy for people to misconsider. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going with it. Uh, we've got an article over uh, on the site. We'll put that in the show notes all about how to do the math to figure out if a beverage package makes sense for you. I'll also tie that in. In fact, we um, a lot of that has to do with how much the drinks that you like cost on the given cruise line you're going on. And we, we also just a week or two ago put out an article where we compared some popular drink prices across cruise lines because... What is a $6 drink on one could be a $12 drink on another. I, I don't actually know. Check the chart. You get the idea. <laughs> another type of rate that we see, another type of promotion, I'll say, are, uh, and I'm going to bundle these all together because frequently they're somewhat interchangeable, state resident rates, teacher rates, military, first responder, um, there's probably something else, N nurses, uh, and they can be good deals, but there's a pretty big caveat. And by the way, when I say state resident, it, it can vary by state. Frequently, I see a lot of Florida resident rates. I live in Florida. A lot of cruises leave out of Florida. But I've seen them for all different states, uh, states that have cruise ports and, and landlocked states even. Just depends on how cruise lines, I, you know what? I can't even guess how some of that works. Maybe maybe we'll have somebody on that can tell us sometime. But uh, these, these type of rates can be great. However, they're generally... Uh, not combinable with other promotions. In other words, if you see a rate, um, I'm going to make up some more numbers, $2,000 for a cruise for two people that includes uh, beverages, uh, you know, some sort of beverage package. You say, well, that sounds great. Oh, look, it says here that they have a, a teacher rate. You're probably not going to find that that, um, $2,000 cruise is now $1,800 because you're a teacher. What you're probably going to find is that there is a really great low advertised rate for the cruise only because these um, state state resident, teacher, military first responder rates usually are for cruise only. And um, that can be great if you were looking at a cruise only rate and this, this fits into, you know, the sailing that has these fits in your schedule. I also see these most frequently, though not exclusively, applied to sailings that are within final payment dates. So sailings that are uh, a couple weeks or a few months out, um, because that's when cruise lines really know, hey, we need, to, we need to fill the ship up if we have any space left. So do keep that in mind. This, again, with any of these rates, look at the net cost. What are you going to end up wanting to purchase uh, in terms of those add-ons and see if it makes sense for you. Now, I mentioned with these resident rates and, and with some of the other things as well, that this can come down to uh, a timing thing, right? Um, because cruise lines know that one, people shop for cruises at different times. They, that consumers expect sales to come up certain times, you know, Memorial Day sale, I couldn't tell you one good reason that things go on sale on Memorial Day, but somebody did it at one point and now everyone just expects their sales on different things, cruises, televisions, who knows what on Memorial Day. So 
that is indeed one of the times, holidays, that you can see different promotions happen. Um, you can also see when uh, a cruise is inside a final payment date because at that point they know who deposited but didn't end up booking. So cruise lines have more knowledge as to how full or not a sailing is and how they might need to incentivize people to book. However, when it comes to um, when it comes to last minute, you can't bet on that because it may be full and prices may go up and there be maybe no sale or promotion. It may get a lot more expensive. And with holidays, don't think that that means for even a fleeting moment <laughs> that a holiday sailing is likely to be discounted. Uh, holidays that are popular for cruisers are not generally discounted. So an example, New Year's. New Year's can be an extremely expensive time to cruise compared to the same cruises, same itineraries on the same ships, same lines, uh, you know, two weeks later, three weeks earlier, whatever the case may be. The only major U.S. holiday that I see some consistently low rates on is Thanksgiving. And even that just depends on where in the world you are. I'm talking about Caribbean uh, as far as that goes. Uh, not that anyone's sailing Alaska in mid-November, but you get the idea. There are other times that you can expect different rates, different promotions to come out. That's when a new ship is announced and those sailings are released, new itineraries, a change of, you know, big change where they say, oh, we're going to start going to a certain port, a certain country uh, at a certain time. And, and just when the the new year or two of rates come out, right? You they only Cruise lines only release things uh, in batches. It's not as if you can book a cruise for uh, 18 months out from today and next week there will be one more. They, they generally do it in batches, sometimes all at once, sometimes for certain regions. But that's another time that you can see these. And it is always mo uh, it is always the best bet to book as far out as possible. So when these new itineraries do drop because it's a new ship or new part of the world that they're going to be going to, whatever the case may be, usually that is when you can get the best rates. That doesn't mean you shouldn't keep an eye out after you book. Um, we've written on the site before about what happens when, what are your options when a rate drops uh, after you've already booked, you know? And if you're in North America, generally you have some better options, but there, there's a lot of variability and a lot to consider. I'm going to go back to what I've said, I think five times so far in this podcast, look at the net rate, because let's say you booked a cruise really far out because you heard from Billy at Cruise Habit that that is how you get the best rate. And you paid uh, $2,500 for this cruise and it includes $300 of onboard credit and drink package for two. And then a new rate comes out and it's $1,800 and you go, wow, that's a $700 difference. I'm, I'm calling up my travel agent, the cruise line, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tweeting Billy to complain and I'm, I'm switching that to the $1,800. Well, if that $1,800 rate doesn't include that onboard credit and drink package, that may not be as good of a rate for you. It all depends on what you were looking for. No matter how you slice it, some key takeaways are use a good travel agent that can help you understand the different types of rates that are available. Book as early as you possibly can. And you, your travel agent, uh, your, your friend who likes pricing out cruises, keep an eye on those rates and those promotions to see when, uh, when and if they change. 
and just make sure you do the math. Make sure you understand that there is no universally best rate or best promotion. Do what is best for you for the type of cruise you plan on taking. If you are not a, a big drinker, then it doesn't matter how great of a deal it is to include that drink package for somebody else. It doesn't make sense for you, so stick with the lower rate. And now for something completely different. No, I'm not talking about a Monty Python themed cruise, though I could be convinced to go on that. I actually want to hear from each and every one of you because I want to better understand how you like to cruise and how maybe you'd like to cruise in the future. So what I want you to do is this. You can email the show podcast at cruisehabit.com. And I want you to tell me if you have cruised um, primarily or exclusively on one line or even just one type of line. And what I mean by that is, you know, just contemporary lines, uh, NCL, Carnival, uh, Royal Caribbean, or just premium lines, Princess, Holland America, Celebrity, whatever the case may be. Um, but you are curious about a different type of cruising. Maybe it's a specialty line like Cunard or Disney. Or maybe it's uh, maybe you've stuck with one line, even if it's one line in a in a single um, type. You know, maybe you've you've only sailed uh, Royal Caribbean, but there's been that one line. Maybe it's a premium line, maybe it's a luxury line, or maybe it's another contemporary line. Maybe it's maybe it's Carnival, maybe it's NCL, maybe it's MSC. If there's something like that that you have in mind, that you've always been in this one kind of area, and you want to branch out, I want to know. I want to hear from you what that change is that you're looking for. You're thinking about cruising on a different line. What type of line? And what is making you curious about that other line? There are a number of reasons that I have no, I have no big secret hidden agenda with this, by the way. I just want to really better understand um, other, other cruisers. And importantly, you guys, those of you who are, uh, are willing to, to tune in and read and everything. So I appreciate it. Send, a, send me your insights. Send me your thoughts. Podcast at cruisehabit.com. And if you have questions about anything else, uh, well, anything cruising related, how's that? Uh, then I'd also like to hear from you. Podcast at cruisehabit.com. Who knows, we might even read your question on the air or it could turn into an entire episode. Lastly, I want to thank a couple people. Big thanks to James Hush, Nathan D59, and Slahey511. No idea if I'm saying that last one right or not, but we're going to give it a shot. We are glad you like the podcast. Uh, it takes time to uh, to leave reviews, and those three uh, those three listeners took that time to leave reviews on iTunes or uh, or Apple Podcasts. I sincerely appreciate it. If you take the time to leave a review, I will take time to thank you. If you like the show, then, uh, and, and golly, I hope you do. If not, please email me. Give me your feedback. But if you like the show, please leave us a review, no matter how you listen to the podcast, whether it's on, on Spotify or, or, or Stitcher, or whatever the case may be, do us a favor, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It all goes into the, the same place. Uh, that, would mean, uh, that would mean the world. I, I appreciate that. And the, the other thing that I always tell everyone on Periscope, I appreciate. If you like the podcast, if you like my broadcasts uh, over on Periscope, when we do that either from ships or from, uh, from the port, uh, it, it means the world to me when you share content, also from the website, share content with someone else that will enjoy it. Uh, I do this for fun. I do this because I like uh, talking ship with all of you. So please share with someone else that will appreciate. And on that note, I will be sharing even more coming up. We've got a cruise coming up April 7th. 7th? I hope I don't realize that I'm saying the wrong date after I record this. We'll be on uh, Holland America's new Stottendam. It's a brand new ship. She just started sailing about, uh, I don't know, six weeks ago, something like that. 
sister ship to Koningsdam, and yet has some uh, has some distinct differences. Really excited about the musical entertainment. That's something Holland America has been focusing on a lot. We'll be uh, live blogging and doing as much um, live video as we can as well from that. We'll end up with some more stuff on YouTube as well. So be sure you follow along. There'll be lots over at cruisehobbit.com about that upcoming April 7th New Stottendam sailing. With that, I thank each and every one of you for tuning in and look forward to more fun episodes, fun content over on the site, and hope we get to talk ship with you again real soon. Hi, this is David Crane from Source Gaming, a friend of CruiseHabit.com. Follow Cruise Habit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the Cruise Habit podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Search Cruise Habit in the Periscope app to join the broadcast from Ship and More. They'd love to talk ship with you real soon.